welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com. You know, that's where you go, and when you get there to the uh, homepage, there are two links, and the first one, of course, is to the podcast. The second one is to the radio loop. Two choices for how you want to listen to us. Obviously, you've chosen one of the two. That's why you're listening right now. You may have chosen a third, and that would be to find Center Left Radio, just those words, uh, on any source that you use for podcasts. And will be there too. One way or the other, or the other, uh, you found us and you're with us and we're pleased to have you on this very, very rainy uh, Friday morning here in uh, the, the lower Hudson Valley, the 29th of September. Uh, the, the rain and, and the thought of it is somewhat tempered by the notion that uh, David Bach will be joining us in the second segment of today's show as he is wont to do on most Fridays. Uh, and and uh, tempered as well. I mean, they're talking about we could get upwards of five inches around here. We we haven't had that since the what was the tropical which tropical storm was? I, you lose track after a while. We we had rain nonstop from was it Ida last week, and it seemed to be going day after day after day <laughs> nonstop, and it stopped for a day and a half. And suddenly now we're going to get, oh, about five inches in a little over 24 hours. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, hard to undo the doom and gloom feeling that comes with that. In fact, well, maybe after a while you just sort of, you just sort of uh, process it into life generally. And uh, I, I don't know, one could argue that might have been a part of the motivation for the show that we had on last time up, that would have been last Tuesday. Um, although, no, no, I can't blame that on the weather. No, it, it, it was a true function of either uh, the Democrats get their act together and start getting the messaging out correctly, or we're basically just watching it, Donald, you know, uh, taking advantage and running uh, or roughshod over everyone and everything. And I, I still stick by that. But a funny thing happened on the way to Friday since Tuesday. Well, several f funny things. Funny. Huh. Um, a ruling came down on, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? I'm losing track of time here. But a ruling came down. Uh, a civil ruling. Civil. Not, not a criminal ruling. Donald has four criminal cases piled up against him. He has a second uh, libel case in the uh, in, in in the case where he was found civilly uh, civilly uh, convicted, well, civilly found civilly liable of civil rape. I don't know how else to put that, but that the civil consequences of untoward sexual activity uh, with a woman some years ago, uh, and part of the her complaint was that he had libeled her as well. That was a big part of it, as well as the as the physical, the unwanted physical contact. Well, he no sooner was adjudicated guilty in that case, 
or the, that he lost the case. It's a civil case. He no longer was adjudicated, you know, he no longer, he no sooner lost it than libeled her again. And the judge said, you know what? We're going to reconsider the, uh, the, the punitive damages here. And, the, and, and, and in a situation like this in New York State, where a defendant is clearly, clearly in total contempt of the court, in contempt of the process, just simply is going to shoot his mouth off for whoever he feels will be, you know, getting off on him shooting his mouth off. New York State says you can go the limit on someone like that. You can make the lie, you can, you have to make the punitive damage feel really punitive. And numbers were thrown out in the range of, I know it sounds crazy to say it, but $250 million. I mean, really absurd. As it is, I think she got $5 million? I forgot what she got out of him. $2 million, $5 million? That was the initial uh, finding of punitive damages. Second time around, this quickly, and he's going to get nailed on this. Okay, that's, that's hanging out there, plus the four criminal cases and the 91 counts that are there, plus uh, an addition, let's see, so we have that case, there is, uh, is there, are there any other, no, then there is, well, another case that you would not have thought of as being uh, infinitely dangerous until everybody saw what it was. <laughs> Letitia James, the Attorney General of the state of New York, has had an investigation going into Donald Trump that goes back several years now, basically because there had been allegations and very clear proof, paper document proof, that Donald and his two sons and their organizations and Alan Weisselberg, their, their CFO who went to prison for six months rather than to testify against Donald, but that they collectively had defrauded banks. Well, they, well let, let, me, let me put this in some kind of a sequence. They had both undervalued and overvalued, depending on what the circumstances were, what the need of the moment was. Collectively, they had overvalued the Trump properties somewhere in the range of $2.2 billion over market. And, and this is not talking about how many times they'd undervalued them. Now, the overvaluing is done when you want to use these properties that Donald has, like Trump Tower, and, and there's another tower down in Wall Street, and, and whatever he happens to have something, in the, whatever he can collateralize, whenever you want to get a loan for something else, or you need a loan to keep some other business afloat, you want to put the highest possible value on your possessions, because that's the collateral you're presenting to the bank. And when you put a high value on your possessions and you appear to have a lot of money and a lot of net worth, the usual result is that the interest rate charged by the bank is less because the collateral will clearly be able to cover the loan if the borrower should default. Conversely, if you're looking in a tax situation, 
and you have to pay taxes that are due on all these properties and everything that you've taken in from them, wherever they may be. And that happens to be within the purview of New York State. Remember, Donald built his empire in New York. All of his business certificates, all of his LLCs for the, for the biggest organizations that own these are all subs, uh, sub, sub, uh, sub corporations of Trump, uh, Trump Inc. or Tr whatever the hell it's called. I don't keep up with the names, but he's famous for having a zillion little businesses, all to basically deflect uh, liability. Well, when you're Letitia James and you have, you know, bazillions of, of forensic accountants who could dig through this with no difficulty whatsoever. You basically go ahead and you go back a number of years and you determine that something, uh, that the values that have been put on properties when it comes to paying taxes have been wildly, wildly understated. Now, the, the, the famous example uh, from the other extreme, of course, the, the overstatement, is that for purposes of collateralizing his apartment at Trump Tower, Donald went ahead and he said that it was uh, 12,000 or 11,500 square feet. Okay? Um, it's, no, 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 he said it was 30,000 square feet or something like that. When in fact it's something like, and still is, it's still a, a sinfully large apartment, but like 10,000. He tripled, tripled the size of the apartment when he went to collateralize it, use it as collateral to get a loan. He lied. He said it was three times bigger. Oh, I didn't notice that, said Donald. Hey, but what the hell? It doesn't matter what I say. There's all these independent people that the banks have anyway that are just going to go ahead and do their own research. So what I attest is meaningless, right? Except that's not what New York State law says. It says what you attest to is what you are held to legally. <laughs> So, so this insanely cavalier notion that, uh, well, I'm Donald Trump. People know that. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, I, I, I basically am a reality host. And, and people know that I talk a lot and stuff like that. New York State, you understand that. Well, no, New York State did not understand that because Donald Trump, not, besides the amount of revenue tax revenue from the Trump organization and sub-organizations that New York was cheated out of fraudulently by Trump misstating the value of his properties. On the other side of that, there is the fraudulent uh, undervaluing of the same properties when they were used no, I'm sorry, there's the fraudulent overvaluing of the same properties when they were used to collateralize loans gotten from banks. Now, 
another Trump argument. Well, well, you know, we've never defaulted on any of these payments. No, you've never defaulted on the undervalued payments that you got by getting a lower interest rate and better terms because you overvalued your property. Had you correctly valued them, the banks, as much as the banks are making huge amounts of money, that's not the issue here. The banks would have paid, been paid substantially multiples, perhaps, of what they actually made in interest profits from you. You can't just say, once again, oh, they're going to go out and they're going to check it on their own. Don't worry about it. And it doesn't matter what I say. No, there is a law. New York says you can't lie on your taxes. Hi, can you listen to me? Anyone listening here right now? Can you lie on your taxes? Can you lie about the value of property you have and say, don't worry, doesn't matter what I say. They're just going to check it on their own anyway, and there'll be no consequences. Everybody does it. Well, yes, everybody cheats a little bit on their taxes, but a 300% inflation of the size of his own residence in order to get better terms when using that residence as collateral? All of this finally, I mean, and no one really was focused on the Letitia James. This is a civil case, by the way. It's about money. And by the way, it's about documentation. It's what they call a document case. There, there's no need for anyone to stand up in court and say, the only thing a person in court could say to prove or disprove what Donald did was, uh, someone could hold up a, a tax filing form and say, uh, Your Honor, is that a real tax filing form? Yes, it is. Uh, is it, is it, uh, was it signed by Donald or someone in responsibility for the company, binding him and the owners of the company? Yes, yes it is. Is it... Does it, does it give a value? Yes. Has that value been, is that value accurate per New York law? Well, no. It could be as much as triple higher or triple lower. And when you add it all up, misstatements to somewhere in the range of $2.2 billion over however many years Letitia James was reviewing this. Okay, um, well, 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 no, wait a minute, I, I, I want to say something about it, Your Honor. Well, what, what do you want to say? Well, um, 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 uh, uh, everybody does it. Well, do you, are you going to tell me that that's not your signature? Are you going to tell me that this is not what you attested to? I have, and are you going to tell me... Are you going to tell me that the evaluation that we've had done by forensic auditors and everybody else who've gone back to these properties, reviewed their value at the time you made the statements, and have said under oath with total credibility, because they are recognized experts in the field, that you did not overvalue or undervalue these properties substantially beyond the pale, beyond anything that we might normally accept as a little puffery. People do move numbers around. But 300% over or 300% under, is there anything that you're going to say in court that would change any of these numbers? Are you going to say that the people who ultimately reviewed these properties and said, here is the true value, do you want to argue with them? Do you have proof to come back with to say, well, here's how I determined what was there and here's why it was accurate when an expert, an expert, multiple experts will say exactly the opposite. Do you have anything to come back with?
and during the, and motions were made during the 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 uh, evidentiary portions of this trial during the uh, during the exchange of information and nothing was presented by the trump side that would suggest that anything that was presented by the state side could be reasonably contradicted. That even if there was a slight difference in opinion, the state had it nailed down. It's there, that's it, it's accepted. So ultimately that means that there's nothing to really talk about in court. This is all pre-trial, pre-trial. And it's there, it's on paper. It is a documents-based case. This is standard in tax cases in New York State and probably every other state and in federal tax court also. It's all in the documents. It's all in the proof then submitted by the prosecuting or the, or in this case, the civil authority that basically is saying, no, you misstated the value. Here is what it was. Here's comparables from that period. You cannot say, and by the way, and least of all, you cannot say that your apartment in Trump Tower swelled by 300% overnight accidentally when you needed to collateralize it or use it as collateral for a loan. You just can't say that. You, it's all there on paper. And so what does that mean? So, so, so this is how the Trump team operates as knowing that this case is going to trial next Monday. Well, well no, no, dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. There's, there's really nothing there. Everything is there. It's all there. No, what do you do? You put in a motion to dismiss anyway. You just might get a delay. You might get a little more time on the hearing. Something will happen. It winds up going to the appeals court in New York State and overnight saying, nope, no way. No way that's going to be stopped. That's it. Then... Motions after that, well, wait a minute, hang on a second. We want summary judgment for the defendant, say his attorneys, Trump's attorneys, because, well, uh, we claim there's nothing there. Now, it's all there. It's, so it's, like, it's like saying, um, that red tie you're wearing, I want the judge to rule that that red tie is actually green. We claim that tie is green, and I want the court to say it, and, I, and, and, and that's it. It's over. Well, you can't. You, you, you can't. you can't change reality. You can't just change the facts. So the Trump Organization, in its effort at Donald's request, I'm sure in direction, obviously, goes and says, we want a summary judgment. What does that mean? It means before we even go to trial, we want the court to say, we win. You, your side wins. Trump, defendants, I've looked over the evidence. There's no question of fact here whatsoever. You've got this thing nailed. Which, of course, is the exact opposite. The exact opposite of the information that has been produced during the discovery period of this trial, where everybody's exchanging information, where everybody's making motions back and forth before the judge. The exact opposite. The, 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 the gall, the, the, the garish stupidity, the, the legal ignorance, the, the, absolute, the absolute just swaggering idiocy 
of these attorneys to walk in and say, we want a summary judgment. Uh, I don't care what we've said up to this point. Just cancel the case. And I hope Donald doesn't get angry as I hope we get paid. That's what this comes down to. Now, meanwhile, the prosecution, which is the, which is the attorney general's office in New York State, says, you know, we're going to go for a summary judgment of our own. And our summary judgment is going to be requesting uh, a verdict of guilty on, uh, for the defendant with no need for trial because it's all in the documents. No one's standing uh, on a witness stand, no one raising their hand, no one can change by talking the information that is in the documents and everything about this trial is based on documented evidence. And the judge looked at both requests, motions for summary judgment, and in a one-page ruling covering both motions, said the motion by the defendant, the Trump people, to throw this out because there's nothing there, without, without saying what I, I imagine they were truly thinking, because the judge has said it many other times, without saying, you people are a bunch of effing a-holes, and I don't know where the hell you come out even attempting to do this, but okay, if you want to show that much disrespect for the law, for this court, for me, if you really want to just basically say, none of this matters, we're just going to say, get rid of it, because we don't respect the, the, we don't respect the form we're in. We're going to make the most absurd request on earth. Oh, and by the way, we don't expect that you'll be offended or affected one way or the other by that judge, even though it will fly in the face of rulings that you've made during the discovery period. Don't, you, not only don't take it personally, don't you dare take this personally. Hey, we're Donald Trump and company. We're, we can do whatever the hell we damn well please. And the judge looks at this motion for summary judgment for the defendants and goes, denied. One word, that's all you have to say. In the same one-page order, the judge orders the summary judgment for New York State, which says, everything is there on the record. Everything that we need to prove to prove that the defendant operated a fraudulent enterprise for tax and business purposes in the state of New York, that he falsely inflated and falsely deflated the value of his properties to do whatever they needed to do for him financially over X amount of time. It's all there. It's a matter of record. <coughs> it's in paper. It's black and white. It's printed, it's signed. There's nothing to testify to. There's nothing that will be produced in court by anybody on a witness stand. Let's just get past that. Get past the, the, the guilty, not guilty thing and just call the guy guilty. We know it's there. And then we could just focus on the penalties, what he's going to have to do. And the judge looks at that motion and says, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's all there. I know. I, I, I've been going through these documents. It's taken a long time, but it's all there. Summary judgment granted for the plaintiff. Bang goes the gavel in so many words, but it's on one piece of paper. And with that summary judgment came something else. 
that the Trump organization, the Trump family, Donald and his two sons and all the organizations and Alan Weisselberg and everybody else could no longer run their businesses in New York State. That a receiver will have to be appointed and that receiver will decide how the money that comes into these properties is ultimately how it finds its way to the Trumps. That's so far. Now we go, now, now, now think about that. Donald, the ultimate control freak, the, the, the beyond ultimate control freak, his ability to say, I have, my have, I do, I can. Everything that is under the aegis of New York State is out of his control. His business licenses, you, you, receive, a, you receive a permission in New York State and in most states once you've set up your, your, your corporation, that corporation is given permission to do business in New York State. Those permission slips, as it were, are gone. They've been pulled. He may no longer operate his own businesses. And we go, based on the appeals court finding that there's nothing to slow down, there's no reason why this trial cannot continue into just the, 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 the penalty phase, the, uh, the, the, the uh, punitive damage phase, damages and punitive, how much you owe in taxes, and then how much punitive damage will go from there. Now, the state of New York... And this is going to start next week. The state of New York has requested $250 million in damages, and I believe that includes the punitive damage amount. By a number of estimates right now, Donald Trump does not have a cash value of $250 million. Nowhere near it. He is leveraged to the hilt. He basically is bullshitting about his net worth like he always has. And simply, it's his identity, his need to inflate everything, beginning with his ego and ultimately his purse by simply selling people on who he is. That is basically is exploded. It's shot down. It's gone. There's nothing, if in fact, well, this, is, this will all ultimately be resolved in the penalty phase. And yes, there will be appeals to this. But what is absolutely true is Donald no longer has control over his businesses in New York State. What is unknown, and, and I, I've only heard some talk about this, but many of the properties that he has the, the different golf courses all over the damn place that he owns, many of them are basically, ba they, they, their, their legal existence stems from New York State-based LLCs or whatever particular business entity structure he used so that this could go well, well, well beyond just what you see physically in New York City. The biggest obvious thing here, of course, is that Donald's name will come off of Trump Tower 
and basically it will be uh, sold to the uh, highest bidder, I suppose, and then the distribution of funds to him based on whatever arrangement the state makes or whatever arrangement the state ultimately dictates. We don't know how that is going to play out at this time. We know that there will be a receiver. That receiver has not been named. But, a, but receivership has been dictated by the court. Now, all of this, again, will be appealed, but there's no basis to undo what's been done at the trial level simply because it is the most locked, tight, airtight type of case you can have. This is not singling Donald out for unfair treatment or anything of the sort. I, no, this is done regularly. This is the way, this is the way tax cases are dealt with in New York State. He is not getting unfair treatment. He's not being singled out. When you are fraudulent in your filings for as long as this guy has been fraudulent and gotten away with it, at some point there will be a reckoning. And this is the financial reckoning. The likely outcome of all this is that the Trump organization will never be what it was once or whatever, or maybe what it will never be what it was perceived to be. God only knows what it actually is. No one except the state knows this. Of course, they have access to all his tax documents, all his financial documents. The banks, well, many of the banks, there's one, one of the, something came out that was rather interesting. One of the largest current lenders to the Trump organization is a fund that is managed by the son of Alan Weisselberg. We don't know how much of this is based on how much of his current floating, how much of his structure depends on Russian capital. His son made a point of saying, that, oh yeah, our, 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 our biggest, our, uh, they're our biggest source of, uh, of funding right now. And he said this off the cuff about four years ago or five years ago. One of his sons, I think it was Eric, and, and, and it was, and people were like, it was jaw-dropping, except that, well, this is when Trump was already uh, cozying up to Putin, and somehow, uh, you know, it, everybody, you know, you, you're, you're beating your brains with your fists, trying to figure out how do we stop this, but there it was. There is a very good likelihood that you will, that, that Donald will not be flying on his own private Boeing 7, uh, is it 757, I think is what he flies, the, the smaller version of that. Uh, lovely little plane, uh, does all kinds of, uh, uh, could do a nice little transatlantic trip if you have to get away in a big hurry permanently to avoid, uh, you know, going into prison. I mean, it, it, it's a nice plane. But I don't know who's actually paying for it. I don't know which of his companies. I don't know how it's set up. <coughs> I can tell you right now that it will probably be interrupted by the penalty phase of the trial, which is starting next week. Now, now that's before all of this is before we really get down to the meat of what happened well, I don't know how much media you can get in terms of, of Donald than, than the fact that he was completely, uh, he, 
the likely result of the penalty phase, given what happened in the, in the, in the uh, civil rape case and how that went in New York State, the likely result of this penalty phase will be that he will wind up paying a very, 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 uh, a, a, a nine-figure penalty. That would be a, mi a minimum of $100 million, probably a little less than the 250. It may be enough to stop everything that he does. It will take away what he is. It will affect his ego and drive him insane in a way that even the threat of jail probably can't do because he defines himself by his size and his ego and I'm better than my daddy and I, I can do this and I can do that and I'm, and, and I, and I'm really not just a kid from Queens. I'm really a New York uh, a real estate guy. I don't care that I've, that I've had seven bankruptcies. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm, it doesn't matter that, that, I, that I am the king of debt. It doesn't matter. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the best. I'm the biggest. And as long as you believe it and you believe in my name, that's all there is to it. And it all goes away. That will all go away as the final, as the final notes of the penalty phase play out in the trial. And that won't take a terribly long time. Then there will be appeals. But there's no real basis for the appeal because the demands being made by Letitia James are within the scope of what is permissible from a, pen, from a penalty phase perspective within New York State. There's no way to appeal this provided the ultimate numbers are reasonable, but it's not going to go away. There won't be, it's not as though there won't be penalties and there won't be uh, punitive damages added to this as well. There's no way that happens. And there's no way that Donald is not absolutely devastated by this. This is before we talk about two other very interesting things that happened, that are happening, that all in involve Donald. The one is the impending government shutdown that will begin tomorrow night, Saturday night, the end, the last day of September, the 30th of September at midnight, because the Republicans are having a civil war, and the the clown car, the lunatics, the Matt Gates is the, uh, the, uh, the the that crowd wants everything they can possibly. And Donald has told them, shut the place down. He's gone on his truth. So shut the government down if you don't get every damn last thing you want. What does that mean? No more Ukrainian war funding, uh, uh, money to build the wall again. Um, we, we, we want, we want uh, what the hell? Else? Oh, uh, there were a few other crazy, crazy things. But, you know, just every, uh, I don't know, to defund something or do this or change the mill, anything. Stuff that could never pass the Senate, because remember, this has to pass both houses. And, and it's stuff that would easily, we could easily go with a CR, a continuing resolution, just to keep the government going. And a government shutdown is going to mean all government employees will not get paid. Yes, they may get paid in retrospect, but a lot of the, the third-party vendors that work in Washington won't get paid. If you're, if you're a cafeteria worker in some government building and you're making minimum wage... And essentially, you lose your ability to work because there's no one to come to your cafeteria. 
and they shut it down, you're not going to get back wages from your subcontractor. There are people, there are some people in Washington who will, most probably air traffic controllers, but how far and how long can they go before they are like, that's it, man, I, I, I got to get a real job. This has happened in the past, and there's absolutely no reason for it. It is strictly because of the wars going on within the Republican Party, Kevin McCarthy absolutely refusing to actually function as a speaker. He gave it all away in order to get the job and doesn't understand that his rights, he does not have the right to hold on to speakership if you have crazies who want to take it away from you. <coughs> and the only way out of it is to basically shut down the government so you hold off your being taken out of that position by some crazy in, in the clown car coalition for a few more days. You get, to, you get to hang out as speaker of the most dysfunctional Congress in the history of this country, run by Republicans with a five-seat majority, screwing the country left and right because Donald told them to do it and shut the place down. That's what Donald wants them to do. And we all have to sit here and watch Kevin McCarthy basically dangle from a string, knowing that at some point he's going to go one way or the other, but they have no one to replace him because no one will be able to take over. I still have this image in my head that somehow Nancy Pelosi winds up being Speaker of the House while the Republicans technically are still in the majority. Oh, wait, and it gets better. In the middle of all this, in the middle of the threat of a government shutdown, by midnight tomorrow night, and by the next time we speak, which will be next Tuesday, uh, we may very well probably be talking about getting out of the government shutdown, how it might be impossible unless McCarthy finally pulls the Democrats in and simply lets his, his, his visions of, of uh, his fantasies of, of omnipotence and I'll be, oh my God, I made it to speaker, uh, they'll, they'll dissolve as quickly as Donald Trump's uh, fortune. Uh, we, we still have a hearing, the, the, the Republicans in, 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 in an act of mind-boggling hubris and stupidity and idiocy went ahead and began a impeachment inquiry, not voted on by the, by the, by the, by the membership, but declared well, according to, according to uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy, uh, we're just having an inquiry. It's not really uh, an impeachment uh, uh, trial. or We're not having a, a, a... It's just like an early version of this. Let's, let's, see, let's see what we can get Joe Biden on. Why? Because Donald said to do it. So yesterday they had the first hearing. Went on for like six hours. They actually, they actually did this. And there was, as everyone knew, predicted, but you didn't have to predict it, you knew it, because this whole business of what Donald, what Joe Biden may have done with Hunter Biden has been, has been scrubbed and checked and rechecked for the four years of the Trump presidency. They looked everywhere, under every rock, to try to get him. We're bound to where we are right now. Hunter Biden was a junkie who made stupid decisions and is under federal prosecution right now. Joe did not do anything illegal before, during, or after this process. 
And his kid was in a bad way, and his kid is going to have to fight it out on his own. And Joe is not directing the Justice Department to do things one way or the other. You can argue whether or not. But there's nothing, nothing, nothing impeachable about any of this. And how do we know that especially? Because every witness that the that Republicans called said so. Uh, the Democrats would ask, what, so what is, have you, have you seen evidence that would be impeachable? Have you personally seen, no. Well, wait a minute, then what are you doing here? Well, I heard that. What, wait, 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 wait. You're, you're, you're sitting here testifying based on third-party information? Who's third-party information? Hamada, 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 hamada. And it finally gets down to no less a personage than, than Jonathan Turley. He's, a, he's a, uh, an attorney, I believe he teaches at NYU. He's a constitutional law attorney. Uh, and basically, he said straight out, when questioned, uh, no, th th there's, no, there's nothing, nothing impeachable in the information that we have. And someone asked him, well, is there any more information that you're aware of? Well, no. So, but, 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 they're, they're, uh, but, but certainly, uh, based on what's been said, there's enough at least to have an inquiry. Uh, Jonathan Turley is no fan of Joe Biden's. But he also knows that Rudy Giuliani, uh, Paul Eastman, and, and, and Sidney Powell have all been disbarred or on various, area, various points of disbarment. And that as an attorney, especially as a constitutional lawyer, you damn well better cover your ass when it comes to saying, uh, uh, I, I know from a constitutional perspective, you know, high crimes and misdemeanors, the stuff that you have to have for a presidential impeachment. Well, no, there's nothing there. And this was repeated again and again and again. And the mockery. That, 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 that the Republicans have had heaped on them because of this. And the incredible vision, the, 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 the absurd, the disgusting optics of shutting down the government, racing to shut it down while they're having a sham hearing rather than doing everything in their power. And that would be basically to act like responsible members of Congress. No one can do this but the Republicans. But no, but we'll find the time for a sham hearing because Donald wants us to do it. Now, I, I had planned on playing segments of an interview that I heard uh, done by a, a rather fascinating guy named Russell Moore. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He, he is... Um, He's, a, he's the editor-in-chief of something called Christianity Today, a, a professed evangelical. But he started, he, he was being interviewed on, on Christiane Amanpour's show. I caught it yesterday morning, early, early in the morning. They were replaying uh, the PBS version of it from a day or so before. Well, I guess the prior day. And fortunately, it was already up on, on, on their YouTube channel. And I recorded it. And he began talking about the mindset and the spiritual uh, emptiness, the, the vacuity, the, the fear, the, the complete mis, misplacement of values 
that basically have driven the evangelical movement to a point where it is basically not credible, not reasonable, and the people in it basically are simply using Jesus as a means to an end. Those are his words. I had wanted to play that this morning because it is descriptive. It's emblematic of everything, the mindset that seems to be pervading the, the, the clown show and too much of the Republican Party. No, it's not all Republicans, but it's too many of them. It's enough to basically overwhelm the ability of rational Republicans to deal otherwise. And now they have Donald who is about to be deflated to the size of whatever he really should have been to begin with, and yet he still pushing them to shut the government down, they're obeying, and to basically try to find an impeachable offense against Joe Biden, they're obeying while they do it. No sense of optics, no sense of propriety, no sense of decency, no sense of constitutional history, no sense of the norms of, of our society, no sense of what the Constitution demands under these circumstances. No sense whatsoever. It's completely out there in left field. And that's where we are right now. I, I wanted to play some of that interview, and I will look for an opportunity to do it on Tuesday's show. I think it's that important. But I wanted to just give you this picture. As we go into what will probably be another day today of this clown car hearing where there's nothing there, but no, we'll still talk about impeaching Joe Biden because why? Donald wants us to talk about it so it gets out there. Oh, 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 he doesn't want us to, to say how stupid and ridiculous it is that basically the more we talk about it, the more ridiculous we look. He doesn't want us to say that part. Well, we might have to say it anyway. That and, of course, shutting down the government. Oh. <laughs> Happy rainy Friday from the lower Hudson Valley. And uh, before we get to David, uh, definitely a little jazz.
This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know. We all know. We can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. It being Friday, you know exactly what comes after that. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a lot. Um, if you want to hear more, you can follow me on Twitter at Faces Ideas New. Um, so I want to talk about the, the strike real quick. Yeah. Um, so Joe Biden did something historic in going down and walking the picket line. Yeah, yeah um, indeed. Which is good because he really has been one of the most pro-labor presidents, um, like ever. It it is it is a historic thing that he did. I'm happy he did it. Um, on the other hand, they're pretending that Trump had done something similar. But I, I need you to like understand, like. First off, how poorly the media framed this. But second, like how different what they did was. So, so basically, an equivalent look at this is, oh yeah, um, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are trying to get the votes of firefighters. Joe Biden goes to meet with firefighters, and Donald Trump has a conversation with arsonists. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Who will yeah. they pick? Yeah, That's like literally what happened. This, this was a anti-union plant brought by bosses who don't like unions. There weren't even auto workers there. They were just random-ass Trump supporters that some of them gave Trump uh, unions for Trump signs. Like, 
it was the it, it was the, the Trumpiest Trump thing you could imagine. Like it's it was so fake and stupid that it, it just almost defies belief. And yet somehow it was not the dumbest thing that happened that day. What because was the dumbest? Got, <laughs> okay, you 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 your bait. I'm rising to the bait. What was the dumbest thing? We got the debate, and yeah. holy hell! Oh God, was it bad? Ah, ah, ah. Now. To give them credit, the moderators asked some good-ass questions. Uh, they, uh, Mike Pence, you know, what are you going to really do about Obamacare? Is it here to stay? Uh, was a good question. The fact they followed up with it um, was good. The uh, Ron DeSantis, why is uh, why is Florida insurance so much higher than everybody else? Was a good question. Yeah, um, they had some good questions for for this debate. Uh, which was which good. I think it's probably because um, they had the Univision uh, woman there who doesn't work for Fox, and I don't think Stuart Barney wanted to be there. Yeah. So he <laughs> just they just didn't care. Um, oh, but like, it was. I think it was the worst debate I've ever seen. Um, I think that's pretty universally understood and agreed on. Um, yeah. They they didn't answer any of the questions. They. They kept trying to do one-liners that didn't land. Um, uh, Mike, Mike, Pe- Mike Pence should avoid trying to do jokes, stand-up comedy. Uh, it, it just doesn't work for him. You know, I've noticed that. But maybe, maybe uh, I'm, I'm being overly judgmental. I don't know. Yeah, it was bad for like ninety percent of them. Uh, Pence yeah. is done. Burgum's done. Tim Scott is done. Uh, Nikki Haley was the only one who had a good night. Um, and I've, I've said this before. She is the only one who would have a nominal chance of beating Trump if all of them coalesced around her. Yeah. yeah. Um, which which won't happen because DeSantis and Vivek wouldn't do that. Um, but she, like, she is the most normal one. Is she a great candidate that I would want to vote for? Joe Biden? Hell no. Her, her, some of her answers don't make, first off, she's anti-union. Um, second, she's, her, her answer to the um, the insurance question sounds like hell. It was, oh yeah. By the way, instead of having the, uh, you having uh, negotiating with the insurance, like you should negotiate with your insurance and your hospitals whenever you you go get sick. It's like, well, what the fuck? No. <laughs> well, how is that helping people? Because you know you have time for it to negotiate that because you know what you're talking about. It, it just it just makes the fact that we have the worst healthcare financial system on the planet. Uh, just it, it just let, let's make it a little more cumbersome and a little more difficult for the patient. That's all that would do. Yeah, it's it was a bad debate for like they're they're all trying to now they're trying to get Yunkin in and like Yunkin's not going to beat Trump. They have to. It's it's. They they really need him on the state. They got to go after him more. I mean, they started doing it, but they're not going to do it because there were so many opportunities um, to to go after him, like so many that they could have they could have um, well, gone maybe, after maybe, him. Maybe we should just accept the fact that they're not capable of it at this point. That, that I mean, other than Christie, because but Christie's not running to to be president. He's running to 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 yell at Donald Trump at a debate stage. That's it. Yeah, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, he's looking, and, and, and therefore he's looking to, in, to say what's real, to tell the truth, uh, which none of the rest of them uh, are. Uh, the, you know, of, of, the, of the, six that the six that raise their hands are still there from the last debate. All we have left is Christie, uh, and 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 who's the other guy? Uh, the the the, the, the Hutchinson. Yeah, he's gone. Hutchinson is gone. So so you got Christie. That's it. There's one person there who is not willing, who, who did not officially say that they're willing to basically support a lie, that they are willing to basically put up with any kind of amount of crap just because they're afraid not to put up with it, or they're calculating whatever the hell it is. That's Christie. That's it. That's all there is. The rest of them, you you, I I don't want to know about any of them. I, I, I understand what you're saying about Nikki Haley, and but that's by by comparison within a within a a group that is as flawed as any can possibly be. But the only person that is up to anything verging on American, what should be American constitutional standards, whether I like him or not, is, is Chris Christie. That's how I see yeah. it. Right. No, I'm not saying that the Haley is a good is a good candidate or yeah, somebody yeah. who I want. They're all bullshit. I, I mean, it's all they're all useless. They're they're worthless to me. All of them. They they right. are not Americans, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, okay. But well, that's speaking of useless things, we got the first day of the impeachment here. Uh, I, I, I was I was hoping you'd go there. Uh, go I, on. I, go I, on. God. This thing was six hours, uh, and and if it wasn't. For the timing of it, it may be the single most embarrassing thing that this Republican Party has ever done. Um, it was a disaster for them. They first off, they don't know what they're doing. Like, None, in order for nothing. the American people to understand what is happening here, you have to be like deep inside the Fox News universe to follow all the things that Jim Jordan is talking about. You have to understand. The other thing you have to do is. You have to not understand how time works. Um, that's a that's a that's a big part of this. Is that they um, they'll claim things happen, um, and then like the years are different, and then they'll pretend that different things are um, happened. At, like you know, they'll be like, "Oh, this happened in 2019, 2020." You know, when Joe Biden was president. It's like, don't you put some? No, no, like, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a big it, kick out of the eight when AOC came up with that doctored. Uh, uh, email exchange or something and, okay, and so oh, oh that, man <laughs> the email first of all Byron Donalds is a scumbag for that so the e it's not an email what, what it, it is is Joseph Ziegler who is one of their IRS agents it's one of his temporaneous notes go on okay so, so these are the notes that Ziegler and uh, Sharp didn't want to talk about during their hearings because it counter it's a counter to what they were arguing but in it what byron donald's did is he took a uh, the notes from ziggler and he took out the context though and this uh, isn't uh, one of those uh. things where it's like oh can't you just want context context to make it you know to make it okay with what he said no it literally changed the context of it because yeah. what it is is a conversation between hunter biden and his uncle talking about how Hunter Biden has no money and he's trying to figure out how to afford, to afford food and alimony and all this other stuff. And his uncle's saying, yeah, I can um, I can help you. And they took out the context in order to make it sound like he's saying, yeah, for the business with the, your dad, I will I will just, I, I can do it without you. Charming. Um, just charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And then the, the other thing is, uh, Dan Goldman said, hey, let's put Devin Archer's uh, transcript into the records. And remember, Devin Archer was their big witness. Devin Archer is Archer Biden's best friend. He's going to blow the roof off of all of this. Yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. And then wouldn't you guess he didn't do that? Partly, and then they released the transcript, and it's literally the opposite of the yeah, things that they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, well, these people are beyond embarrassment. They're beyond truth. They're beyond. They're beyond any any sense of of, of, of fulfilling their their duties under their oath of office. You know, to the to the Constitution as as representatives in in Congress. So, what you're seeing, I guess, is when when everything breaks down. And there's nothing left. This is what it is. And they're doing this while the country is racing to, uh, while the government is racing to a shutdown. I mean, well, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But okay, like, okay, go. I'm sorry. Yeah. None of the the big three carried it because it was a joke from the start. Fox News barely even mentioned it. Like Neil Cavuto went on. He's like, "This has been on for six hours, and we didn't see anything." Yeah. The five yeah. talked about it for eight minutes. The like I imagine Hannity was probably the only one who really covered it because he was he had probably had Comer and Jim Jordan on, but they got oh they he did, and Comer, the way Comer phrased things was that the Democrats actually agree with him on corruption, like they they, they agree with all the points that they're talking about, <laughs> like it was, ex- yeah it was pretty wild what he was saying, um, but like we need to be prepared for when they have this whenever the next one is. Martin Taylor Green's probably going to show Hunter Biden's penis at some point. Just, it's going to happen. Uh, it, 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 it is because she is a, a heartless, cruel, terrible human being, and and that is that is one of the things she's going to do. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, but but going back to the shutdown now. This uh, to be clear, this is not a shutdown over the Ukrainian over the Ukraine. No, or the, of course not. Or um, the border funding. Nah, no. This is because twenty Republicans can't get their shit in order. Like he could avoid this. Cameron McCarthy could avoid this by simply doing the bipartisan bill. That's and right. Going to the Democrats and being like, "Hey, I need your help. I need your help protect me. I need your help." With this and he would open. get six Republicans. He needs. He's got five in his majority. He'd need six to go be. Well, he'd be. The, he'd be the sixth. So he needs five Republicans basically to go with him to whatever the Democrats would go along with and it would be done in a heartbeat and it'd be over. That's it. That's all it would be. Right. They would have to have some more stuff like basically yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 well, whatever the, the craziest I, I don't know if they'd be able, at this point let's say that vote happened right now and I don't want to get into the weeds but if that vote were to happen right now McCarthy actually said that's it. My Actually I have a responsibility as speaker not to let the house get shut down. I have an easy path to doing it. I'm going to go with the Democrats. I'll pull in five Republicans to go along with it. Here it is. Get it over to the Senate as quickly as you can. Let's get through the let's basically go through resolution. You might not be able to get that done on a Friday in time to stop a Saturday evening shutdown, but the shutdown would be of minimal. It'd be yeah, you'd it measure it in be hours. Like, you'd measure it in hours. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. the government does this all the time. Like like yeah, every yeah. time they have these votes, Rand Paul oh, yeah. government down for like two hours. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so it would be something similar to that, but it's not. It's going to be probably the longest government shutdown. Um, 
And and while they're doing this, they're going to pretend to impeach Joe Biden. And that's going to be nationally televised. But the other thing is, apparently, they're going to attempt to remove McCarthy as speaker. Wait a minute. Uh, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just make sure I understand something. Your perception, your thought is that they will actually take an impeachment vote and vote to impeach Joe Biden? No, no, no. no they're not going to do the impeachment no. vote. They're going to keep doing the... the, um, the yeah, right. The, 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 the investigation, the query. Right, that needs, yeah, that needs that's to it. Be a, Making a noise. Making order. noise, yeah. Yeah. There needs to be a vote in order to keep that running. Right. And if they took but, but they're supposed to take a vote and, and if the if you use the Nancy Pelosi situation as an analogy, at some point you actually have to put this up to the House to continue this inquiry. No, 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 no. They're gonna have to do a vote. Well, I don't know if they're gonna be able to do that because of how poorly this first one went. I, you, thank you. Could, thank you. I was gonna about to say, I don't see how you can put this up to a vote. The only thing you can do is keep replicating what you did yesterday as often as you can get away with doing it and that means you look like a bigger asshole every single time you do it and you may, you turn off more people and you and you underscore how insane it is that you're doing this while we're in the middle of a shutdown that that's how i'm seeing it do you do you see it any differently well yes and it's going to get better because apparently according to i think it's a washington post reporting mccarthy uh, uh gates is going to do the um the motion to dismiss on Sunday. Um, and so in the middle of this, we're going to get those speaker votes again. Um, <laughs> anyway, wait, there's going to be a motion to vacate the chair over this weekend? I, that that was what I just saw last night this morning. Oh. <laughs> David, can you think of any Republican who could win the speakership at this point who could well, have, who would choice, want it? Who would like, want it? Yeah, one is who would want it. Two, who would get the? They need. He needs what? Two hundred eighteen votes. Uh, you would need. Well, it's half half plus one, so you need all but four Republican votes. Yeah. So nice. whatever that number is, two. I, I think it's two eighteen, something like that. Yeah. So, so to be clear, McCarthy cannot become speaker. I mean, he could become speaker again, but he cannot do it without Democrats because right. there's probably exactly. 10 to 15 never tevers. Um, and but like, really, if you're like a frontline Republican at this point, you can't vote for like you can't who you can't vote for whoever they put up. Like, you, it's kind of McCarthy or Keith Jeffries. And honestly, if they could convince six Democrat, six Republicans to vote for Keith Jeffries, which would objectively be the funniest thing that ever happened. Well, I, I, um, I was, I, and I was saying on the earlier segment of today's show, I, I could see Nancy Pelosi winding up as, as, uh, as Speaker of the House again. Hakeem Jeffries would be the more Nancy obvious Pelosi. thing. Yeah, yeah. Go with the minority. Like they leader. would never. Yeah. She, she, they would never do it for Pelosi. Um, yeah. They would do it for, for Jeffries. Yeah, but like, yeah. but it could happen. I mean, by, by the rules of the House. It's absolutely a possibility. Right. So to be clear, like if it the the even how stupid this is, like to the 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 American people need to understand this, that there is no governance from the Republican Party. No. Like this isn't oh, they can't pass anything because the House has or nothing they pass is gonna become law because the Senate and the the White House are a different party that's that's different like the democrats had that in 18 to 20 yeah um 
and they passed bills like they didn't become law but they were basically messaging bills like hey we're gonna do you give us back a trifecta we'll you know do all this stuff i mean a lot of it got changed because of covid but there was a lot of um you know here are things how we're gonna help you you can't even like you can't even point to a bill like they're like oh you know we should strengthen the border but all it is is i don't even know if they have a bill no, um, I, 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 no, you, I, I, I could not agree with you more. Uh, I, I, I've been sitting here uh, as you're talking, and I'm trying to say, I'm trying to envision in, in the, in the period that they've had the house now for a year and change, um, how, what have they done? Oh, no, it hasn't. No, it hasn't been. No, it's been, it's been less than a year. What am I saying? Uh, uh, since 2020. No, no, they, 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 they took the house in. No, 22. No, that's been- right, 22. Okay, less than a year. What have they done in the however many months they've had it? And there isn't a single substantive memorable bill that that they've put out that ultimately became law, that they could actually do something, which, which is to say the capacity for governance is non-existent. Well, it's not even that it became law. It's a message you build that they can look into 2024 and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to make this a law, and it's not. Because the only things that they've done – is um, they attempted to uh, repeal the IRS. That's right. Uh, Funding for the IRS. From, yeah. Uh, in the, I think it was the IRA. <laughs> and then um, they did a whole bunch of, I don't know if they actually passed bills on this or just did hearings on gas stoves. Yeah. Like, there, um, As you would imagine, it's undue. Undue. That's the whole thing. If you have a committee if you, that's insanely named uh, the Weaponization of Government Subcommittee, if you actually, actually are nuts enough to have that in a Congress and actually have hearings in it, then what you will primarily do and attempt to do, which is just as stupid, is undo stuff. That's all you're there for. And no one, the no one, who, who in the country gets helped by this? Nobody, but them, or in their small uh, constituencies, who are, uh, you know, batshit crazy, and uh, and you know, hey, look what they just did, and have no sense of the consequences or anything else. But I, I wanted to ask you one other thing. Uh, the other day, uh, on Tuesday, I did a show, and I was really, I was, I was hopping mad at the Democrats for the lack of good messaging that they should have and are having, will have. I'm weighing that against the speech that Joe Biden gave in Arizona yesterday on the state of American democracy. I was wondering if you had any thoughts or comments about that. Um, I mean, I haven't seen the entirety of the speech. I know it's a good speech, but... um yeah, they do need to do better messaging. Yeah. But I don't think they can do any better messaging right now than just watching them fall apart. That that that's like, that's yeah. where I was that's what I was getting to. That basically where I thought that they had to actively put out everything and you, you have to have a new ad every day. The Republicans are handing it to us essentially. And now now that has to be reemphasized and reiterated in effective uh, marketing and, and and effective uh, ads and everything else and repeated repeated again by various operatives within the Democratic Party and the White House. But the Republicans are are just giving all the material to us. I mean, it's wild. Yeah. And and it's very clear that they're the ones who are going to do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow. 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 
David, <laughs> this is why they play the games. This is why we come together on Fridays and talk about it. This is, it, it's, it, uh, <laughs> as, 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 as uh, Lewis Carroll would have said, it is getting curiouser and curiouser. Uh, and, I'm, and I have no doubt it'll get more curiouser. I spent a, a, a rather significant uh, part of the first segment of today's show talking about the consequences of Letitia James's uh, uh, successful uh, petitioning for a summary judgment on the factual merits of the Trump tax case and where that could leave him. We're not even, we haven't even touched that. And all of this is going to keep just building up and building up and building up. And, and the sheer volume of it is going to be unavoidable for most of the American populace. I don't think any amount of attempting to filter this or bullshit past it or lie about it is going to completely cover the reality of what is happening. People are just going to finally be saying, even if their sole source of information is One America News or Fox or some, some, some half-assed, hick-brained blog where everybody just hates the, 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 the Democrats, Somehow this is going to start bleeding over. At least that's the sense I have. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching how that works and how the Democrats effectively play off of that. But uh, the games will continue. We will hopefully still have a country. We will still have, hopefully still have a democracy. And you and I will be here as long as they don't take uh, things like this off the air. I don't think it will, but that's why we're here anyway. Uh, David, where else can people hear you if they want to hear some more? Uh, Twitter at Faces Ideas New. Okay, I thank you once again for uh, a great show, a great input, and, 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 uh, and well, <laughs> we're playing the games, and there's a lot more to come. Um, at this point, uh, it would be nice just to have a, a seventh-inning stretch, as it were, and that always goes well. If once you've played "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," it always helps to have a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. You know, on my last show, I was bemoaning the fact that the Democrats did not have an organized pushback message. I did not expect three days later I would be saying the Republicans seem to be committed to giving them the script to push back with between the impeachment debacle hearing that they had, the uh, rush towards the shutdown of the government, Trump's legal problems. No amount of spin can overcome the damage these things are doing to Trump and the Republicans.